Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. <laughs> Today, it's, it's a week, uh, it's a month, it's, and it just started. Right? It's for me, it's I had like an easy morning and I like basically screwed myself. This is my regular job because I was like, ooh, easy morning. Like, I'll take my time, I'll do a few things around the house. Um, you know, I'll meet with, you know, my clients as I need to. And then like right around 11 o'clock, I don't know, whenever you and I talked, I was like, Oh, I got to go. Cause I got pinged. Um, mm-hmm. everything just <clears throat> fell apart, fell apart. I don't even know what I did for the last six hours. Oh my God. Five hours. How are you? Um, <laughs> well, I like to think that this week is going better than last week. So I shared on our stories today, what happened a little bit last week in my house. Um, we had come to find out a sewer backup, which caused the water in our toilet downstairs to come out the bottom of the toilet where the toilet meets the floor. And that bathroom is like up a step leading out to the garage. And so down the step is our living room, which flooded with, I didn't know at the time it was sewer water. So (laughs) I was barefoot in there, like trying to clean up the water. And then we found out later that it was sewer water. So that was fun. Um, we had a plumber come out and fix that, but then we had to have other people come out because it soaked into the walls and stuff. Um, I had to have my couch cleaned. The couch cleaner guys were laughing and they were like, is this now your poop couch? (laughs) Oh, so Um, gross. We had, I think I posted a picture on our stories as well. Like a tarp literally blocking off. It looked like you know, when you see the movies of people in like the hospital and they're like in quarantine, mm-hmm. that room was like sec- like blocked off with like this tarp. There were these really, really loud fans that all finally came out yesterday. Um, but now I feel like cold. there's been so much going on that I totally forgot to even ask you what that situation oh was like. Yes. So there's baseboards now missing. There's, um, from the bottom of the floor up almost a foot in the bathroom is missing because there was mold they found. Um, but the one exciting thing is, do you, do you remember the vanity, the bath, like the mm-hmm. sink, how ugly it was? <laughs> I get to go pick out a new one. That's um, fine. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look at the positive of that. So I get to go, I don't know when, cause now Gavin's home from school sick, but I get to go pick out a new sink for the bathroom. Um, but um, hopefully we're looking up. It's a new month. It's May. It is it's May. Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. Yes. Yes, so. it is. My favorite, one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, so this week we decided to perk things up a bit. Kind of feel like we went a little, we got into it a down little a dark bit. path. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, that's at, at, rightfully so, right? A lot of these women that we're speaking to kind of have that dark path before their healing path, which is why we chose our word this week. Um, because we're going to try to focus a little bit more on mental health this month because, um, it is mental health awareness. And I think one of the biggest things that we have to talk about, which we haven't talked about yet is Michelle. Okay. So I haven't finished it yet, but I was re-listening to that episode before we talked. I, I think I only have like 15 minutes left and I'm like hysterically crying all over again Mm -hmm. because I cannot process 
everything she's been through and how positive she still is. And I feel like that's something really important to focus our conversation around with talking about healing and with talking about mental health. Um, If you guys didn't listen to that episode, Michelle is a trauma therapist. She was a nurse. Um, She has all these qualifications. And I just want to focus on how like her mental health and how she stays so positive through all of the trauma that she's experienced. And so, I mean, if you haven't listened to this episode, go back and listen to it. It was two episodes ago or one episode ago. Let me get the number for you. It's episode 16, facing your traumas with Michelle. And it's so good. And she just, her, her story for everything she's been through, you would expect her to be not where she is mentally. Like she's just so positive. Um, I mean, she talks about childhood abuse. Um, you know, mom and dad, I think had there was some trauma after them. She uses a term familiar, familial trauma and how she's trying to build this dynamic in her family where she's not repeating, you know, those things. And I think one of the key things that she said that I, I, I've known her for so long um, and she's always been this strong person to me, but this was probably the most intimate her and I have ever gotten. Um, But one of the things that I appreciated about it is that she mentioned she's, she was a therapist getting therapy. Yes. You know, like she took the time. It's like, all right, I do this for a living. I help other people. Now it's my turn. I need to take the time and focus on how to heal these traumas. Even if it's going through therapy, she mentioned a bunch of different therapies that she tried. um, EMDR was one of them. Mm -hmm. That was one. I think I was the most interested in. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of want to try that. that. And I'd forgotten about it. I actually wrote it down, but then again, re-listening to her episode, I just, again, like I was crying, but not because I was crying because I was like feeling a negative way, but it was like a, just, she's just so incredible. And I just, I want to get where she, like, I want to be in that positive mindset mm-hmm. that she's in. I mean, again, with all that stuff, right. Her infertility. Um, I mean, we journey. both learned, we both learned, was it polar um, not polar, molar, a complete molar, molar pregnancy. pregnancy. I've never Where, heard of that. Yes. And I didn't even know it was possible. So she did IVF and they put, they did the, the transfer where they implanted the embryo into her uterus and somehow it made its way up into her fallopian tube and she had a chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what in the what? world? I, was like, That's still, a thing. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I, and we talk about that. We don't have to get into detail that we right. talk about that in the episode. You can go back and listen to number 16. And I just, I still, like I wrote down the, the one thing that I wrote down today that I felt was the one takeaway that I took from her episode where she said, where the conversation was have, being had. And we said, what are things I need to change in my own life to heal? And right. I just thought that was a really powerful question. And I wrote it down because it's something that in my own life, and I shared on our um, feed today, my take on healing and that I I didn't really feel equipped to offer a whole lot on this topic because I haven't healed yet. Um, And so just being somebody who's at the beginning of a journey of healing, really looking at like, what are things I need to change to heal? 
Um, I did one of them. I quit my job. There you go. Um, and that was a big, a big thing that I had struggled with for a long time, knowing that I needed to quit my job in order to heal. Um, and so I made that change. And so now I'm like, okay, well, what other changes do I need to make to heal? And so that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) I like it. I love it. I think I, I like one of the things that you said in our post today was about how this podcast has kind of made you face that and actually hearing yourself say certain things and being like, oh, I, I do need this or I, I am doing this with, because I think, I think that's a hard, hard part of healing is that sitting through it, right? Like actually right. admitting that there is something wrong that you are not facing. You are not, I I don't want to keep using the word healing, but you're, you're not facing, you're not, um, navigating, right. You, or if you are, you might not be at a point where you necessarily, or you want to try to navigate it, but you're not necessarily have the right tools, right. You don't know where to start, what it needs you for you. Your first step was, let me quit my job. For me, it was, I had to learn to love myself in order to understand that the things around me that were happening wasn't because I don't know how necessarily explain it. Like I had to have self-compassion, I think is the word I'm looking for. I had to allow myself to sit in it, understand. And even though it didn't happen at the moment in time, I think now where I am with everything, you've heard me say, I'm just going to sit through this or I'm just going to, you know, let it go or whatever it is. Like I take that moment, but I also have compassion towards myself instead of trying to make it hard for myself to see things or beat myself up over it. It's more so of like, okay, you know, this happened. There are the reasons out of your control, but at least you've made it this far with what you've had, you know, like it's kind of this battle I have I say battle but it's something that I do with myself um forcing myself to sit through it I still do that I have moments where I will ignore things but I do find myself I think we've talked about it briefly maybe a couple episodes but there was a show on Netflix where I think I text you and Haley and I was John found me in the fetal position just crying um but that was my moment of sitting through it. That was that moment. Everything just finally came like a rush of waves. And I was like, okay, I'm finally, I'm finally doing this. And that was right before I made the decision to have the hysterectomy. So that was my moment going, okay, I think it's time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see us on different sides of this. No, it really is. But I feel like an important thing that you said was learning to, um, I don't know if you use the word love yourself, but like give yourself, I want to say, give yourself grace. Like as you were talking, that's what I was hearing. I was hearing like, give yourself grace. You need to give yourself grace during your healing journey because it's every day going to be perfect. No. Um, but it's not in normal circumstances. I was just, Um, even as a healed person, it's still, yeah. (laughs) Even if you're healed through whatever trauma or, you know, experience you had, I just feel like there's something really powerful in giving yourself grace mm-hmm. through your mistakes, especially when you're healing, because that's when you're hardest on yourself. Oh yeah. So I, mean, I just, even in different instances, I mean, emotional healing can, can happen in any time. It's not just one focused, you know, subject of what you're going through, right? Like I could say mm-hmm. my endometriosis was one part of healing. Um, you know, me having a hysterectomy could have been another point of healing, but yeah, it's that it's giving yourself that opportunity to go, okay, you've done it. 
Well, and not listening to other people and what other people think you should do. Um, we had a lot of people, um, after we did IVF the first time, you know, are you going to do it again? Um, we ended up doing it a second time, but I just feel like if I lost my train of thought on that, but (laughs) not letting people make you like influence your decisions. Right. Right. So if people, you know, we, we had made the decision ultimately after the first round of IVF that we weren't going to do it again. And the reason, the main reason for that was to heal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in our minds, we couldn't move forward in our life healing. If we were still doing this again, because you're still living in, in the hurt and you're still living in the pain and you're still living in the what if, Um, and so after we did it the second time, we were like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing IVF again. And the reason for that is to heal. And it's to take the time to say, this is what I need for myself. And Shane said the same thing, right? Like we can't move forward. And I feel like that's the same thing in any situation, right? Like you can't move forward and you can't put it not necessarily behind you because I feel like certain things will live with you forever, but you can't kind of close that, that chapter to open a new fresh one if you're still living in it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that was, that was a big thing for, for me. Um, that was like the first step I think that I took towards healing was recognizing this has to be done in order to heal everything and move forward. Right. You said something too. I liked, I like bringing this up. It's a constant thing that people always get asked. It's like, a, it's, it's a, series of events. When you're in a long-term relationship, when are you guys getting engaged? When you get yeah. engaged, when are you guys getting married? When you get married, when are you having a kid? When you have one kid, when are you having another kid? It just, it's nobody, I'm sorry. It's nobody's business. Like stop asking the well, question. It's, <laughs> it's just stop. nobody's business, but you also don't know what the answer is going to be. Right. And it's also um, what yeah. other part of that, you don't know what the answer is going to be, but you also we have this generational difference, right? Where that idea of what a life for a woman or a man or couples is supposed to look like. We are now sitting in a place where there isn't anything that's normal anymore. Well, to that though, what about the people who just want, what about the people who don't want to get married? What about the people who don't want to have a baby? And they respond that way, like the looks that they get, like, right. This should be acceptable. And you don't know the reason behind it. Right. I'll never forget. I had a conversation with my manager when I, I, this is when I worked back in Connecticut and I realized she was, you know, an, a not older woman, but she was older than me enough that I would think that she would have kids if she had one, but I never asked. And then finally, after working with each other for about a month, she, I think she had asked I don't know if she had asked me, but the subject came up. And one of the things I said to her is, I'm sorry, I didn't ask. I just, I don't feel comfortable asking that question. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. And come to find out there were certain things that she was dealing with, which is why, you know, she didn't ask me because she was like, I don't want to ask you either because, you know, who knows what you're going through. So it's, it's just having this common, like respect for people. Like it's okay. And I feel like it's lost, like, or it never existed. Maybe, maybe it never existed. Well, cause here's the thing, right? Like if you're, if you're take away the baby thing, right? Like if you're talking about a couple and you're want to, you know, are you going to get married? Well, maybe one of them had been married before and it ended 
horrifically, right? Or maybe there was abuse, or maybe there's just stuff that you don't know. So now you've got these two people who are dating who maybe have had the conversation and they don't want to get married, or one of them feels very strongly against it. And you ask that question, I feel like the couple where the person should be able to answer honestly in that situation about it, because I'm not going to, and I, I started doing that now. Like when people ask Shane and I, like, when are you having kids? Oh, we can't, we did IVF twice and it didn't work. You know what I'll be damned. Yes. (laughs) I was going to let you tell that story. I'll be damned if I'm going to let you or somebody else make me feel uncomfortable. I'll flip it because you, you should be made to feel uncomfortable so that you don't ask that question again, because it's not appropriate. Yep. And I, that's what I do. And I don't know if that's me being healed or me still healing, but if somebody asks the story about the lake house, I, yeah, that's the most recent one. I've, I've used different verbiage to explain it, but that one I think was my most, um, ratchet (laughs) response, savage response, where we were all sitting around the fire and a woman had asked me, oh, you guys don't have kids. And I leaned over and I said, I don't have a womb. So (laughs) like, I like, and I remember going, I think my sister was there and she just gave me a look. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? And I even texted you the next day. You asked me the next day and you said, was that wrong? And I said, F no. Right. Because Because if you are going to ask an invasive question, you should get the truth. Right. And, and I, I don't, think that's an invasive question because you're right. not friends, you're not family. Like, and e- even if you are friends and family, like there should still be a line, but like, right. It's there, that would be the equivalent of me being like, how much money is in your checking account? Right. How much money do you make a year? Which yes. How much, how much is in your have? savings? <laughs> I feel like it's the same kind of, right. you know, and the thing is, is I, and I remember like the next day when I text you, I was also laughing about it. And I remember as I'm sitting through these moments, because this is an example of me sitting through it. I went to a friend, I went to you and go, did I handle this wrong? And you were very supportive in the, in the sense well, that but I wonder if you had asked somebody else who had had a baby, what their answer would have been. Right. So maybe somebody who didn't struggle with that would have a different response but I told you f no (laughs) and I still laugh at it like there's been times where I've like oh another story I went to a wake for a friend from high school her father and her mother one of the first questions she asked me any kids yet and I said no I can't in the middle of the line and okay and I again I think it's I don't is that something going on like I guess is it is it something that you ask somebody because you're uncomfortable and you don't know what to say. And that's like, people think that that's like a conversation starter. Maybe, maybe, you know, in the whole way off top. I know, I know. And it's fine, but we're talking about, but this is a perfect example of me still dealing with those traumas. Maybe I'm not fully healed because I'm, I'm answering it in kind of a comical way. Right. But Or is, I, I mean, yeah, you could look at it that way. Or is it like, I used to, just say we're trying. And now I'm to the point where I will tell you exactly. And depending on my mood, you will depend on how detailed it goes for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, yeah. Like, is that a step towards healing because you're so you- openly sharing or is it like you're bitter about it or like, and I'm saying you as I'm included too, because I've started to have those responses. Right. So I think we have to think of healing in stages of progress, right? So you have that first stage where like you will go back to you quitting your job. And then you have, I really don't even know where I started or where I began, began doing it. I just 
did it started doing things one day. Like I, I wish I can share what I did. Um, I just needed a monumental something in my life change. Right. And that was, and I was really unhappy. I don't, again, I don't know if I was really unhappy because the job wasn't for me or if I was going to be really unhappy anywhere. Right. Just given my personal life going on, but I feel like I just, I needed to make some kind of massive. Right. And that's the thing. It's, it's really is just progress. So like we can, I think about it in this of, of like you mentioned cuts earlier, you have cuts, they scab, you pick at the scab it rescabs it's it keeps going right like you and then it eventually turns into a scar and i think when you think of scars to me that's that's healed right like now that i'm am i now when i make those comments the fact that i'm doing it and laughing to me feels like i'm okay with it whereas when right. i was younger it would be like i would do it derogatory derogatory I would do it in a mean way, right? Like, how dare you ask me that question? Whereas now when I say I don't have a womb, that's funny to me. <laughs> it might not be funny to anybody else, but it's funny to me and I can, I'm okay with saying that. Um, so again, I think it's just this, the stages of progress of when you have a cut, right? You put a bandaid on, you maybe put right. little sporin on, like there's these different stages. Some people that don't happen. pick their scabs. Some people leave them and they heal with yeah. no scars. Right. Exactly. So me telling yeah. people I don't have a womb is my scar. <laughs> I'll never forget when that happened. Oh, I was like, oh yes, I wanted to jump up and down, but I was like, that'd be really inappropriate. Right <laughs> oh, now. I've put, I've, I think I've put my sister in some uncomfortable situations with that question. It, but you know what? At the end of the day, I do, I do believe I'm fine with it. Although we've, you, we've talked about this in our, in our group chat. I did get recently before I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, I got diagnosed with grief reaction. I didn't know that that was a thing. So that's another thing of healing. And apparently I'm supposed to be in therapy. Probably should be going to me who advocates for therapy. Everybody should be in therapy. Let's just, let's just put it out there that I don't care what is going on in your life. I don't care what you've been through. Every single person could benefit from therapy Mm -hmm. in some way. Right. And for me, the biggest thing is like, I'm such an advocate for it. And I'll be the first person, you know, go to therapy. Why don't you find a therapist? But here I am. I got a, a, a slip in August. Well, to my defense, I did call the place three times and they just, they stopped. They just never called me back. So anyways, oh my but I made the, I made the step to do it. I think there are things that in our reactions, right? So like you always, you react to your surroundings. And I think one of the biggest things in a healing journey or in a healing process is to acknowledge those reactions and sit. And I'm going to keep using, I'm going to say it again, sit with it. Why did I react so, that way? Why did what's I flip interesting, out? I just totally interrupted you. You're fine. But what's interesting about that was it, it was last week during my episode where I had the realization that part of my, I don't want to call it healing because it's not healing, but part of my coping is trying to control things that are not in my control. And the biggest thing is my husband, like controlling him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So he would ask, or he would call and be like, Hey, do you mind if I go grab dinner with so-and-so after work or I'm working late, you know, and I would tell him that I don't care. And then I would like freak out. And we had this whole conversation last week on my episode about this. And last night, he was working late with your husband mm-hmm. and he called me and he was like, do you care if I go grab wings with John and Nikki? And I was like, no. And for the first time I truly meant, I don't care. 
And I like had a moment last night where I was sitting there and I was like, I <laughs> didn't text him once. I, oh, I lied. I texted him once, but it was reset the alarm. I don't, this is going to just a veer off topic, but I set the alarm when I go to bed because it makes me feel better. When he comes in the door, he turns the alarm off. He never resets it, mm-hmm. but you're sitting there. Like you're there, reset the alarm. So I did text him last night and it was reset the alarm, Mm -hmm. which he did, which he never does, but he did anyway. And I was sitting there last night, like getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, I literally didn't give a shit. Because honestly, you probably don't. I really don't. Yeah, you probably never did. But it's the, it's, I mean, I really don't. Why would I? Uh, Anyway, that's a whole other topic. But it was, (laughs) it was the finding something that was challenging to control that I could control to give myself a feeling of security that I do have control over something that's outside of my life. Right. Was, and we talked about this again in my episode. And so I feel like talking about things and why you do things can be really helpful because through talking through my story, I'm realizing things about myself and what I'm doing that I didn't even connect. Like I didn't even connect that until we recorded my story. Mm-hmm. And so now I've been very aware of what I'm doing and what I'm saying. And there's another thing that I keep hearing is, um, oh gosh, what is it mean, mean what you say or do what you mean or something like that. Uh, me, say what you mean, mean what you say or do. Yeah. And so yeah. if I tell somebody something, but my actions aren't showing it, mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that person. And so like, I don't know. I just, so that's a big, that's a, that's a, yeah, no, I'm proud of you. <laughs> that, like, you just said major. something, <laughs> you just said something, right. Actions speak louder than words. Right. right. So you, one of the things I, so for me, it's a little bit different with my control. It's not so much with like my husband, but I can definitely relate to things that I would lose my shit over because I couldn't control it. And when you said that last week, I kind of thought about all the things in the past when I was going through the thick of it, when I was at the firm, I was losing control of everything around me to the point that my stress levels were just insane. And I would have crying fits. And I think I talked about it in my story too. Like my, my situation, because I was, I was losing control around me actually forced more of my like illness on me because I was so focused on getting all these things done or being in a place where like, maybe, you know, I don't have to focus on the fact that this is, you know, in the back, back of my mind, this is going to happen. So, yeah. So losing, trying to control something else because you can't control other things is definitely a huge part. Um, I think trying to have a baby and, and, getting sick or having an illness are, th- are completely out of your control. There's literally nothing, There's literally you, nothing you could do. I mean, I, I think about Vegas and how I was so excited to go there and I literally got sick for two days and instead of, <laughs> and I cried, <laughs> I cried like yeah. a baby and I don't cry, but like I was that upset, but it, it is, it's understanding that like there, what are those things aren't happening to me happening for you, for you or happening. Yeah. Something along those. It's, it's not just, happening to you. It's happening for you. Like there was a reason why I probably was sick in Vegas. Like, Well, you know, and I was supposed to go to New Orleans, not New Orleans. I want to go to New Orleans. So bad. I was supposed to go to Nashville and my flight got canceled. And normally I would freak out, but I was like, well, I guess I'm not meant to go to Nashville right now. Like, 
that is it's it's just starting to and I think that's a big thing for my healing is starting to separate out things that I can control and things that I can't control and why am I trying to control the things that I really can't control because the only thing you can control in this life is yourself right and your reactions and how you are you can't control anybody or anything around you right so that would be kind of like like what is it not self-awareness mindfulness like giving yourself yeah the ability to you know process the emotion and understanding there's a piece in that too right so it's it's yeah I would say it's mindfulness like you're yeah you're being mindful of what you can and can't control right I think another big one yeah, Sorry. I think no, no, you're fine. You're right. There's pieces. I think the other thing is we talked about sitting with it, but like sometimes you need to feel all of those feelings, right? Like yeah. there's one oh, thing I my sister, I know, and that's one thing my sister says to me is I never feel my feelings. Like I'm always on to the next. But I feel like it's starting to come out sporadically with you. It is. And I think it's because I'm being more mindful of the fact that I do need to allow myself to listen to myself. Like if something goes wrong or doesn't go my way, I don't necessarily need to move. That's the thing. So I'm not, I'm not a perfectionist, but I am a perfectionist, right? Like if something, if something doesn't go as planned or as I envisioned it, and this is throughout everything in my life, not kids, not just my job, it's, it's everything. I will immediately because I feel like, and I hate saying the word failure because I don't think of myself as a failure, but I immediately go, okay, what can I do next? And, or I will do something, feel that I've done it and go, okay, what can I do next? Like, I don't let myself, you and I have this conversation all the time when it comes to this podcast, what are you are very celebratory, very happy. And I'm always like, all right, what's next on the schedule? Like, I don't feel I don't allow myself to feel things. And I don't know that is if I have to say, if I have to say that I'm not fully healed yet, or maybe this is a personality trait. I don't know how to fix that part of me. I don't necessarily think it's fixing that part of you, but like, so I, I've decided recently that I want to celebrate everything and it's not because, and I say recently, but I mean, since Gavin was born, we celebrate his half birthday. I was saying, aren't you like the birthday fairy? (laughs) Yes, but we don't have a birthday fairy that comes in your half birthday. We get a cupcake and we just do like happy half birthday. And I've had a lot of people be like, that's weird. Or why are you doing that? And my question is, why not? Why would we not celebrate anything that we could possibly choose to celebrate for the simple fact that it brings me joy, it brings him joy, and it's happy. There is so much, especially over the last couple of years with COVID and the pandemic, and now all of the things happening around us in the world, why would we not take five minutes, 10 minutes to celebrate something that is happy, something that's joyful or somebody else, right? Like it's, I celebrate Gavin's half birthday. We do Shane's half birthday. Like we do half birthdays because it's just celebrating somebody else. Maybe they had a shitty day and they need a cupcake to make them feel better, or they just need something that makes them feel loved. Um, and so my part of my healing journey is going to be doing that a lot more. So get ready, Nikki. 
because it, there is nothing that makes me happier than celebrating something. And I don't care what it is. Like we have a deer, like we have deer that live all around us. And, um, one of them had a baby and I, um, sent a text, like pictures to my, my family this morning, like just so excited because there's family stuff happening that I don't want to talk about because it's not happening to me. Um, but I just was like, you know, this is beautiful. And I got, Gavin was really sweet. He was like, the baby can't eat berries, but we feed them berries and they come right up to our driveway. And Gavin was like, the baby can't eat berries, but the mom needs to eat because the mom has to feed the baby. Well, I just bought fresh strawberries, blueberries, raspberries. I mean, and I buy organic berries that are not cheap. And I dumped all of them into the yard. So you gave her a fruit salad in the front yard. Yes. And I was like, eat. And even (laughs) Shane came outside and he was leaving. He's like, you know, talking to the deer, like, oh, mama, you need to eat all the berries. Like probably $20 worth of berries. I just fed to this deer and I'll be dead. I'm going to buy more. Right. But it was, it's just something that I was like, I want to share this with my family because we've got you know, family things happening that I, I'm not, again, I'm not going to get into, but I just was like, we need something happy. And like, there's a baby deer. It was sleeping right outside my door this morning and, you know, mom's looking for food and I fed her and I just was like, this is beautiful. And it wasn't like a huge thing. Like I didn't like throw a party for it, but like, right. I took a picture of the mama and I was like, look, she's eating the strawberries. I just threw off for her mm-hmm. just because I just, when you're going through something really hard, I feel like you really, that's when you need to reach for the gratitude. That's when you need to reach for the joy. And so I feel like that's why I, that's why I do that. And I just feel like that's going to be a major part of my healing journey is focusing more on gratitude and joyfulness. And I'm going to make a joy list and I'm going to write down things that make me happy. And I'm going to do those things. Um, because I just, I just feel like, again, with everything that's going on, I just, why would we not? Right. I don't know. So, but see, I feel like I still really long. No, no, you're fine. But you're, it's true. Like you, you are a very celebratory person, but I feel like I celebrate things, but I just, I don't know how to explain it. Birthdays. You know me, I'm the birthday (laughs) queen. I love birthdays. Christmas again. I'm all that. I think for me, it's more anything that involves my work. So like we love doing this, but it's still work. Work, So I'm not associating it as, I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? Like at work, I'm all right. I finished this, move on to the next thing. It's kind of the same thing. So I don't, I need to find a way to bring the joyfulness. Not that I don't enjoy it. I do, but like, I still look at it as like, we have so much work to do. Like I want us to have this many followers and I want us to have this many listeners. Like I'm constantly just looking that I don't again, sit in the moment and understand or realize I'm one of those people that look back and go, oh, I should have taken more time to enjoy that. Like that's where I'm at. And I, I, again, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a healing thing, a personality trait. Maybe it's how I was raised. My father's kind of the same way. Um, And I just remember doing homework. Like that was just, okay, Nick, just move on. Like it was very much that with him. So I call it. Gavin brings home homework and he's got anything, an A, anything in 90 or above. And it gets on the fridge no 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 none of that for us <laughs> at least not that I remember <laughs> I mean that didn't happen in my house right but I just I don't know I feel like you don't have to have like big celebrations right um but we are what we are going to do and I think I told you we're going to do this we're going to get a bottle of champagne and we're putting it in the fridge and after our first live event 
That's right. We're hosting a live event in October. We are. October. No, it's, it's, it's November. now November. We okay. <laughs> we moved it. It's November. It is now November. This is the official are, announcement. Thank you. We are hosting Heather. an unlikely to apologize event, live event in Austin, Texas. And I don't care how many people show up, <laughs> but the next day we are popping a bottle of champagne to the fact that we freaking just did it. Right. And this, I'm not maybe putting, that'll be, maybe that'll be my official time to celebrate. And I also want to mention, you're we're doing, doing it with me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I also want to mention to add that, see, here I am already on to the next thing, not even celebrating yeah. the moment. I was going to say in conjunction, because we were doing this with Trisha or I'm sorry, Tisha, Tish from um, Austin, Austin Pop-Up, Pop-Up Retreats. Retreats. I'm so good with, with names and things, I swear. Um, so it's November 12th. Yes. We and the date because I have a wedding, the old date. <laughs> but we will have details um, soon. Soon. But we are going to, and like I said, I don't care if we have one person show up. I don't care if we have nobody show up. We're popping a bottle of champagne the next day for the fact that we put together an event that we have been talking about for years. I feel like since the day we met each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. That will be something to celebrate. But I guarantee you, I'm going to be finished and be like, all right, what are we doing next? <laughs> Well, I told you what we're doing next. We're doing another event. <laughs> we're just going to do all the events. I'm going to start all my own events. event company. <laughs> we are going to be events. All right. So anyway. the last part of this, I think that we should address with our healing journeys is the fact that I don't think it's ever really over. Mm-mm. I think there's always room for improvement. I think that there are so many different levels and different types of ways healing can be approached, progress through, navigated, whatever the words may be. But I don't think anybody is actually ever done. I think that we sit with those traumas. They go into a, you know, a place in our, in our conscious mind or unconscious, dormant, subconscious mind. And they're always going to be there. And we're going to have little reactions over and over again, maybe not as frequent, but they will happen. That's um, last week during infertility awareness week, I shared and I, I said something to the effect that I will never get over the fact that I will never have a baby with my husband. That pain will never go away, but it will get easier. And I feel like that's something people say all the time when bad things happen. I mean, it's great. It's yes. You don't ever truly get over something. You just learn to live through it. You just learn to live without that thing. You just learn to process it in a healthy way. And it becomes a part of you and it becomes a scar and it can have a beautiful story. Um, You can turn it into something beautiful. I mean, really, you can make it whatever you want. It's you make that choice. Right. So I I feel like that's an important thing to to say as well is that your shitty things are going to happen. And you have a choice how you're going to process it. And I'm the first person to tell you that this is new for me to say, I'm going to do it in a positive, healthy way, because I have sat in this misery for years and I'm done. And so I'm choosing to turn that into something positive and beautiful. So I just want it pointed like you, you have a choice. You can choose to sit and be miserable, or you can choose to say, I'm going to find joy. I'm going to find gratitude. I'm going to find peace, but I'm going to heal. Right. That's that choice thing. That's, that's a big, big thing for me. 
I, you know, every morning you wake up and you can choose the type of day you have, or you can choose your reactions to things for the most part you can, but that is a a sign of self-control and it's a way of going, okay, there are moments. And one of these things I read recently, there are moments of grief or anger or resentment that come up and they say like a cycle of emotions is really about 90 seconds. So Sometimes like when I deal with something at work and I I use work a lot because I feel like my emotions go up and down a lot during the day with work because I get so annoyed with people, but that's besides the point. Um, But sometimes it's just, you know, give it 90 seconds. And, and, you know, if it's just walking away from the computer, if it's just, you know, John and I had a discussion last week where I was like, I don't think I'm ready to talk about this yet. And just give me that moment to, cycle through what it is I'm feeling. So my reaction isn't a negative reaction. That's, that's the big thing. I don't like negativity. So if you would come to me with a, and approach me with a problem or solution, my biggest thing is what, what's the positive side of this. And I try to do that in everything. And I think that's something, you know, it drives John crazy sometimes that I do that, but I have to see the positive in everything because if I sit in the negative or it's just, it is, it's miserable and it affects you. It consumes you and it'll affect everything around for you. And at the end of the day, I want, I don't want to be in that. And I don't want the people around me to be in that. So I will normally, if I'm faced with an adverse, you know, situation, if I don't respond quick enough to somebody or if I'm, it's usually because I'm like, okay, there's two ways I can, I can do this right now. I can come at you real hard and this is going to be a problem for the both of us. Or I'm going to sit back, try to see it from the other side, try to see, you know, what, you know, if it's a situation with a friend or, you know, even my husband, what did I possibly do? Right. Because there's always, you know, there's a, 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 what is it? Effect and what's the word? I can't think of the word. Anyways, there's always a reason something happens. And whatever that reason is for me, I need the moment to figure that out. Was it because I didn't communicate clear enough? Did I use the wrong words? Did I, was I super angry when I responded? So taking that time to just go. And then I'll go, okay, let's approach this from it. Or if I can't find myself getting over it, I will put that task aside and I don't touch it until I'm ready. And I I think that's a big, I think that's a big thing. I don't know how I taught myself that other than what we talked about in my episode about my doctor telling me that IVS was a neurological disease. And I'm like, I'm done pooping my brains out. And I just want to, <laughs> I just want to be normal. It goes to what Michelle said. I don't act crazy. I react crazy. Right. And so I think if you put a pause on your reaction to something, you can avoid reacting crazy. Right. And I'm like, that could have saved me so many fights if give yourself, I had just taken that pause so I love that you said that like yeah. give yourself really 90 seconds 90 seconds it's just cycle motion and I say that too because I'll see my, I, I literally walked the dogs yesterday and I called my sister I go I felt like a change in my mindset and I was like I'm gonna take the dogs for a walk I don't know what it was but I immediately was just down and for you know me I'm not a down person I'm mean, not that person more so with the Hashimoto's you know since what was it since after the surgery, I do have more down moments than I used to, but now I'm starting to to recognize them. So I was like, I'm going to take the dogs for a walk. That'll make me happy right now. And let me see if I get out of the mood. And then I did. I took the dogs off. I talked to my sister and I was, I was okay. 
well, not only are you, you're getting outside, you're getting vitamin D, you're getting sunlight, right? From being inside in your office where it's kind of darker, that's a mood changer. You're walking, which is exercise. Right. So that's a mood changer. And you talk to your sister, what you love to do. So that brings you joy. So I feel like that combination is like fire. It's medicine, right? It's medicine. So it's just acknowledging. You could have done better. Right. And that's what I'm starting to do. So instead of before, you know, I I would text you, but I'm going to go lay in bed for hours. And it's like, okay, you can't, you can't do that anymore. But actually I felt so good afterwards that I actually worked out at home after my walk. Like I was like, okay, I feel better. So I did just like a little, I mean, I just quick 20 minutes, but I did arms and like back exercises, but I felt good because this whole day I sat there and was like, well, cause I don't have the Jeep anymore. Right. So I don't have a car and I can't go anywhere. So it's, I think that's what my hormone, my hormone chip, my mood switch was because I was like, I can't go to the gym because I don't have a car and I don't have a car because I can't make up my mind. And then I was just getting in my head. But then I was like, I have all those tools to work out at home. Like what, what am I doing? <laughs> well, and you don't have a car right now, not because you can't have a car right now. You have a car right now because you sold the car. So it's like, you made this choice. I decide I put myself in this situation. So here's another thing of giving myself grace. You did this, Nicole, you decided to choose violence on a Monday morning and sell the Jeep. Cause you were over it. <laughs> <laughs> I chose violence. And then I immediately was like, shit, what am I going to do? But I'm giving myself grace. I, I, I needed it. That was way, it was weighing on me. I had a lot of problems. That's a story for another day, but it is what it is. I think on that note, <laughs> we should say, we'll see you next time. <laughs> As always, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review, review. on iTunes. Yes. Um, you can also send us an email at hello at unlikely to apologize.com. Also, you can find us on Instagram at unlikely to apologize podcast. Oh my God. You did I just it right. do it? I did it. You I got it. it. Right. There we go. We're celebrating. Celebrate that. Celebrate that. You nailed it. I nailed it. And as always, if you know anybody that would like to join us, sit down and chat with us feel free to send them our way or share, share one of our episodes with, uh, with them so they can listen and see what it's all about. And be on the lookout for more information about our event, our live event. You can come hang out with us for a day. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.